Everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, or some emotional issue. But what if I told you that you could exchange that life for one of victory? Are you interested? My name is Mark McKinn, and I'm joined with Dr. John Woodward. And together, we want to guide you into a complete and victorious identity in Christ. Our desire is for everyone to know Christ as Savior, Lord, and life, so that you can live victoriously, disciple strategically, and counsel effectively. Welcome to Glimpses of Grace. Welcome, Dr. John Woodward, to Glimpses of Grace, Episode 1. It's exciting. We're finally here. This is something we've been thinking about and praying about for a long time, and uh, now we're here. So welcome, sir. Hallelujah, Mark. It's exciting to see this podcast get launched today. Yeah, well, I'm very excited about it. And uh, before we get started, there's three people that we definitely need uh, to give some gratitude and thanks for, and that is uh, Tommy Whitworth, Thomas Penner, Brian Wright. Thank you so much for your generosity and your gifts, which has allowed us to purchase this amazing equipment and is allowing us to now uh, go online with this podcast to get our message across to the world. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, let's start with uh, with a question. You know, we uh, are here in the offices of Grace Fellowship International here in Pigeon Forge. Uh, John, tell us a little bit about what what is Grace Fellowship International? Grace Fellowship International is about helping people experience uh, their complete and victorious identity in Christ. And we appreciate you, Mark, uh, helping revise that mission statement this year. Back in 1970, uh, Charles Solomon launched the ministry to apply the message of the Christ-centered life to helping people get unstuck from life-controlling problems. That's so great. And it's something that, that's needed. You know, one of the things that we say a lot here is that everyone struggles with fear, anxiety, depression, addiction, really all sorts of emotional issues. And what we uh, are helping people to see is that you can exchange that life for a life of victory. You know, John 10.10 10 is not just a Bible verse that is to be memorized. It is actually something that we can have every single day. This abundant life is something that's available to all of us. And our Lord says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But aren't we thankful that he comes that we might have life and have it more abundantly? And we believe that that's not only um, truth that is important for discipleship, but it's also rele- relevant for counseling when people are struggling with depression mm-hmm. and anxiety, some of the things you listed, Mark, to know that the abundant life is relevant to help them get free because yeah. of God's grace. Yeah. So how do we do that? So, you know, we, we're going to have people listening, and, of course, they're thinking, wait a minute, you know, I, I can exchange that for victory. How do we do that here? Explain a little bit about what we do here. We're a discipleship, counseling, and training ministry. And so we do seminars. We have online courses. We have literature that really contains the gospel, the good news of what Christ uh, has done for us. But it unpacks the gospel a little bit more, as you've mentioned in John 10, 10, Mark, that he comes to give us life more abundantly. So when we help someone, let's say this, coming with um, a psychological or behavioral problem, stuck in a sin pattern, we want to show them genuine care. But we also want to use the scriptures to put that in the context of their life struggle. Mm-hmm. In other words, we don't only want to use the Bible as kind of a rule book to admonish them to change, but to go back to God's provision for how people can have that victory in Christ. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Well, well, share with us, you know, one of the things that we uh, want to do in the podcast is, of course, we, we want to jump into the Word. And one of our theme verses, or not one of them, but the theme verse that we really have built everything around is, is Galatians 2.20. So unpack that for us just for a second. We hear about people talking about having 2020 vision. Uh, this is 2.20 vision anyway. And it really is a classic verse about how the cross is not only that Christ died for us, to give us forgiveness and eternal life when we receive him as our Savior and Lord. But the gospel contains this message of identification. It's a, it's actually a gospel for the believer. And it says here, Paul testifying, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And notice that that is a testimonial verse. Yeah. So we believe it's not only um, true in the Bible, it needs to be true in our life as well. That's so true. And I think for me, that's one of the things I'm not really sure that I caught in church. I think for, for me, definitely the Lord is, you know, he's, or Jesus is my Lord, he is my Savior. But that idea that he is my life is just really something that I'm not really sure that I picked up at church. But that is, that's really a foundational part of the fullness of the gospel, isn't it? We believe it's so essential because when we speak about Christ as our life, often people don't have that understanding. As you say, Mark, we hear... In Bible teaching churches, we're thankful that the gospel of salvation is presented when it is, that Christ died for us and rose again. We usually don't hear much about the message of our identification with Christ, that the believer died with him and rose again with him. And even though that's clearly taught in Scripture, usually it's not explained and it's not applied, especially in a therapeutic way, to show people that this can actually be a, a important freedom step to get them unstuck from uh, sinful habits and, and psychological trauma that they've often looked in vain to get help from elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we, we use some diagrams that we call the wheel and line diagram to explain some of these truths. And that's one of the things in the podcast as we continue and as this grows that we want to unpack for people. Uh, is some of that, as well as, you know, maybe we should just say it now that you can go to www.gracefellowshipinternational.com and really check out who we are and what we do. Um, and so it's just, it's a really great way to fully see who you are, know who you are, and, and know more about who he is as well. So we have this wonderful good news in the New Testament that is often overlooked about the believer's identification with Christ, but also we recommend a methodology about helping people. So you asked before, what's the approach we take as we share in this podcast? We believe it's important to get a context of a person's life. Mm-hmm. You know, what has happened to us growing up does affect us. The rejection syndrome is something we talk about. Yep. The quest for identity is a big deal. And then we show them that this message of the abundant life is relevant yeah. and is something that can be communicated in a really effective way. Yeah. And I'm excited that people who are going to follow us in this journey, you're right, they're going to hear about rejection. And and by that, we mean the lack of meaningful love, as well as identity. That is such a huge topic in our world today. Um, You will even hear people talking about having an identity crisis. And we really spend a lot of time talking about what does the Bible say? You know, you're not what you have done. 
you're not what you think, but you really are who Christ says you are. And we'll be able to unpack that and, and so much more. And I'm, I'm so excited about being on this uh, journey with you. I, I didn't tell people, but you, you are uh, our director of counselor here at Grace Fellowship and uh, just so excited. Uh, and how, how long have you been at Grace Fellowship? I've served in this role 21 years now. Wow, that's so great. That is so great. Well, you are such a blessing, and uh, I've just been on the team since April of 2022 as executive director, but I'm so excited about what God is doing uh, in our ministry. Uh, one of the things that I would love to do today, just this, I think this will help people to know you and uh, and I a little bit better, uh, but one of the things that we talk about, especially like in our seminars and even in our workshop, but we talk about a three-cross testimony. I- explain a little bit first, what do we mean by that? What do we mean by three-cross testimony? Well, first of all, when we talk about a testimony, we're talking about not some theoretical belief that we have, but a testimony of our personal experience. And so it's exciting that we can talk, Mark, you and I, about what the Lord has done in our lives and what we see him do in the life of people that that we're equipping and serving and, and getting to know through the counseling and training experiences. When we talk about a three-cross testimony, the three crosses remind us of Golgotha, where there was three crosses there. But each one of these relates to what Jesus did in that central cross. He, first of all, died for us to pay for our sins. We call that the first cross. We could call it the cross of redemption. There's also a cross the New Testament teaches about the Christian life, which we might call the cross of surrender. I think of Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, where we're told, I urge you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And so that is written to believers. It's a wholehearted response that we have. We're not saying that um, it's only a one-time decision, but often it needs to be a pivotal, wholehearted decision. So we ask the question, how have I received Christ as my Savior? by believing in the cross of redemption. Secondly, have I come to that place of surrender to him, which responds to Romans 12.1, have I surrendered myself the best I know how, as the Holy Spirit has worked in me, to say yes to God's will for my life. And then the third cross is the cross of identification, which we read a moment ago in Galatians 2.20, where Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. Mm -hmm. So we unpack, what does that mean? It's not that we were there historically 2,000 years ago, but spiritually and positionally, the believer has been crucified with him. And our testimony needs to be, like Paul, to say, that's happened in my life in a meaningful way, and as part of what that abundant life Jesus provides um, involves. Yeah. So uh, share that with us. Like, you know, if if we were... Uh, together and, and someone asked you, you know, what what is your three cross testimony? Well, we have a book called From Pastors to Pastors: Testimonies of Revitalized Ministries, and when we put that together, um, Dr. Solomon and I years ago, we asked people to give three cross testimonies. They don't know if you use that terminology, but it's one that uh, we've come to use more recently. And when Chuck asked me to to uh, include my testimony, it basically included how I was raised in a Christian home in New Jersey, received the Lord as my Savior when I was about seven years of age. I'm the oldest of four children. I was baptized when I was about 12, and my sister Barb was baptized at the same time as a believer. We moved to Atlanta, Georgia during my teenage years, and during those years, although I went to church, my Christian life really waned, and I became somewhat doubtful about my uh, relationship with the Lord. I'm thankful that my parents sponsored me to go to Florida Bible College, 
And um, being on the beach in Hollywood with tennis courts wasn't exactly hard to take. Um, <laughs> but one of the life-changing things was um, just being in the scriptures and getting the scriptures into me mm. with about 900 of other excited college students. And so during that year, I got the assurance of my salvation, the confidence that I could depend on the Bible. And also, I remember standing to my feet in a invitational meeting about Will I let God have uh, his way in my life? And I said yes, the best I know how. And Mark, I think the Lord honored that decision because the following summer, I was invited to join a Christian music group called the Internationals. And for the next two years, traveled around the U.S., Canada, and Europe giving concerts and making a joyful noise on my trumpet. Um, (laughs) They didn't ever let me get near a microphone to sing for some reason. Uh, But one singer who was in the group is Linda, who I eventually married uh, four years later. Um, during the time of the internationals, I read a book called Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret. Mm. Some of our listeners may have come across that devotional biography. And that's where this term exchange life um, comes along, where Hudson yeah. Taylor was a missionary in China for about 15 years. And then the message of the cross of identification and the abiding life became not only something he knew in Scripture, but became appreciative of in his own personal life. And when I read that book, Mark, I think I got a new awareness of that message in my own life. But I also went as a, when I was a pastor in Montreal uh, in the 1980s, I went to Indonesia, heard a missionary, um, Bill Heckman, who I was with, talk about his experience of the cross and the exchange life, was helped by Ian Thomas's writings. And so um, that gave a little more focus to my understanding. And then I came across Handbook to Happiness in a bookstore in Montreal, and when I read through the book, it just seemed to make more of a clear presentation of the, the psychological and spiritual aspects of this exchange life, and uh, it became more meaningful at that time as I realized my identity wasn't based upon being a husband or a father or even a pastor, mm. but my identity needed to be based on my union with Christ, and yeah. living the Christian life wasn't about my theological knowledge or my self-effort. But it needs to be Christ living his life in and through me. Yeah. So that was in the mid-80s, and that was a turning point for me. Wow. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, when we, we talk about these, really people sometimes come to all three of these crosses at the same time. They, they, they come to the understanding of salvation, surrender, and identification at the same time. For some people, uh, my story is those were three separate instances uh, in fact, I didn't become a Christian until I was 20 years old. I became a Christian um, in December of 1996, uh, started in ministry the next year. Uh, really wasn't until my son was born uh, and really a couple of months after his birth that I think God really began to explain to me and really show me what surrender really looked like. And it, it was very interesting because... I I would pray, and I I would say to him, you know, God, here's my wife and son. I I surrender them over to you. And, And, of course, you know, God doesn't speak audibly, but it was almost like in my heart I could hear him say, I'm going to take them. And I really struggled with that. And I would even, I remember even audibly saying, well, then you can't have them. I mean, evidently, you know, I thought you were God and good and perfect, but evidently you don't know how to handle a gift. I'm I'm gifting them to you. And, you know, it's crazy now as you look back and think that I would even have this idea that I owned my wife and son. But I really struggled with that for about a year. 
And I, I, you know, this wasn't a daily prayer, but I mean, multiple times in this year, I would, you know, come to this place, God, here's my wife and son, I'm going to take them, well, then you can't have them. But it really brought some uh, inner turmoil in my life. I remember specifically, we were living in Charlotte, North Carolina at the time. Carrie and Bryson left to drive to Knoxville four hours, and I cried the entire time in fear that my phone was going to ring and it was going to be a state trooper telling me that they had been killed in a car wreck. And it was a couple of months after that, I I was in a field right outside of Dallas, Texas, uh, attending an event called One Day with with Passion. And Chris Tomlin was singing the song. I don't know if you've heard it before, but it's called Enough. And the song says, all of you is more than enough for all of me. And I remember laying face down in the dirt and saying to God, here is my wife and son, and, and, if, and almost hearing that again, that I'm going to take them. And it was the first time that I was able to say, then you can have them. Like, thank you for the time that I had. But the crazy thing was is that it really wasn't the I was going to take them from you as much as it was, Mark, they're already mine. I, I'm, I'm receiving them, but... They were never yours to begin with. And God really began to show me in Romans 12 and, and really what that looked like. And I think that was my, my, my understanding of surrender. Uh, and that was probably 2003. Um, but then you fast forward to 2015, 16, I think it's when I come to understand the cross of identification. Uh, I'm pastoring a church in Knoxville, Tennessee, Chihuahua Hills Baptist Church. I'm I'm on a sabbatical, and uh, that's when I come here. I, I come to Grace Fellowship, and I think you and I had met before, but I think that was at a point in my life when I was willing to listen to anything. And, and I, I know that sounds so prideful, and I, I wish that were not the case, but I'm in this place where I'm just I'm searching for something that I know I'm missing. And I was able to meet Dr. Solomon. I was able to meet a man named Rob Clogg. Um, but really the man that brought me here was one of our board members, Hans Hahn. And, you know, I, I was walked through the wheel, walked through the line. And, um, and, and and really a couple of weeks later, sitting in my office and Hans Hahn drawing the wheel diagram again. And, and it was like I fell off the back of my chair. And I remember even mm-hmm. saying to him, this is why I do what I do. This is why I'm so emotional. This is why I get so frustrated at my kids when I'm stressed out. All of these things. But my identity had been in the things that I did. So I had allowed my descriptors to become my identity. Whether that was father, husband, pastor, coach, whatever that was. Instead of just realizing that I was a saint that I was chosen, that I was adopted. The big one for me, John, was Ephesians 1.6, that I'm accepted in the beloved. And I think for me it was hard to just believe that God would accept me based on who he is, not in what I've done, could have done, or had the potential to do. And that that part blew me away. And if that wasn't enough, then then looking at Colossians 2.10, when Paul writes, you're complete in him. And I remember thinking, there's no way that's true, right? I mean, I've had a thought, or I've said a word, or I've, I've done an action that makes me incomplete. And I think one of the things I love that we're able to do is say to people, that word, 
that action, that thought is real, but it's not the truth. Because the truth is what Christ says about you. And he says, you are a saint. You know, and I know we'll get into this down the road, but you know, a good way to get a hearty amen is to say, well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And I mean, maybe even somebody in the car right now or running on the, you know, greenway is like, amen. But think about it, John. That's such a horrible identity, isn't it? Because, you know, builders build, painters paint, sinners sin. And so that's not who we are. We are saints who do occasionally and sometimes sin. And uh, I think it's hard for us to really believe sometimes, isn't it, that we are, uh, you know, in Christ, a saint. And we're not minimizing sin or our frailties, but we are maximizing God's grace and seeing that uh, the major theme in the New Testament is the believer's positive grace-based identity. And so, Mark, as we've shared a bit of our three-cross testimony, I think it's interesting that there's a head-to-heart process, you might say, Mm -hmm. where... Someone might know about the gospel before they actually open their heart to be born again. We may know that Jesus is Lord and have professed allegiance to him as we do when we're, we are regenerated and born again. And yet there's a, a process of coming to terms with that in terms of right. yielding our, our family to him or yielding our, our future to the Lord. And even the identification in Christ's message, we may be able to quote Galatians 2.20. But has that gone from head to heart? Has it become experiential? Are we, have we accepted our acceptance? Yeah. And so uh, that's one of our goals, isn't it? To help people not only go deeper with this message, but just ask the Holy Spirit to connect the dots and make it personal. It's so funny that you say that because sometimes when I'm sharing with people who we are and what we do, um, I'll, I'll, I'll use that terminology, connecting the dots, and I'll even say to people, you know, when we were children, usually around Easter, for example, you know, mom would come in with the Easter activity book. You remember those? Mm-hmm. And one of the things that was a page in that book was the connect the dots. And you would look at it and say, I'm pretty sure that's an Easter bunny. But then you connect one through 30, and of course, it's an Easter bunny. And I tell people all the time, especially pastors that I meet, and I say, you know, we're not bringing in a a lost epistle of Paul. We're not bringing in something that you've never seen or heard before. But really what we're trying to do is to connect the dots of Paul's writings, of of, of even what Jesus is talking about, and, uh, and showing people... Uh, the truth of exchange life, and so if you're if you're following along on the journey, I know there's probably some words that we've said that maybe you're thinking, I really wish they would dive more into that. And John, one of the things I'm excited about is really talking about how does exchange life practically work in our everyday. Life And so if you join us, that's going to be something that we're going to be uh, jumping into. But another thing that I'm excited about, John, is, you know, the title of this podcast is called Glimpses of Grace. And one of the things that we want to do every episode is to highlight a glimpse of grace. And so you've got a really special one. So uh, share that with us today. When we talked about um, what glimpse of grace to share in this episode, Mark, I thought about someone that I had lunch with today, uh, one of four people that we met in a local restaurant to have some fellowship. And um, this sister in the Lord described how she was raised as a scornful atheist, how 
in her public baptism. Her testimony was given. And uh, she came to Grace Fellowship about a year and a half ago and has been growing in grace and gone through our personal discipleship as well as our seminars and our workshop. And as she's wrestled through um, trauma and different issues in her life, she came to write a poem a couple weeks ago. And I have permission to share that publicly and like to read it, all right? Yeah. The poem says, Hot tears burn down my face, feeling like I've fallen from grace. Lying there full of guilt and shame, afraid to call on Jesus' name. Why would God love someone like me, someone who sins, then tries to flee? Instead of running to his open arms, I get sucked down by worldly charms. Listening to darkness, the father of lies, peace fades away, hope slowly dies. But through the painful, lonely night, God reaches down with piercing light. Come here, child. No need to run. This is why I sent my beloved son. So you never have to be alone in fear. and will always know that I am near. I am with you through trials and fire. My strength is perfect when you tire. So surrender and trust. Open your wings and set your mind on heavenly things. Then out of the darkness I rise like a dove, washed anew in God's grace and love. Mm. Amen. Thank you, friend. What a wonderful poem. That is amazing. That is amazing. Dr. Solomon used to write a lot of poems, so uh, maybe she's going to take the mantle. That's right. I've not uh, had that gift of poetry, but I admire those that have it. Yeah, I don't have that either. That's so great, especially when you... When you can look at that life, I mean, you're talking about, you know, this was someone who was an atheist and now uh, is a believer, but not just a believer. I mean, this this is someone who is now living in victory, who was struggling with, you know, a lot of anxiety and depression, even having trouble with sleeping and all of these things. And God has really set her free. And we are just so grateful for, for you, for Grace Fellowship International, and for, you know, the tools that Dr. Solomon you know, came up with so many years ago that's still being used to help people every single day. We're just so grateful to God for all of that. So in many ways, Mark, this um, process is discipleship, but we might call it exchange life counseling because it's discipleship with a problem-solving motivation and with the Christ-centered emphasis with the grace orientation. And sometimes as we walk with people um, into uh, appropriating their identification with Christ and tapping into this abundant life, we say that um, they receive the benefit, God gets the glory, and we get the joy. Yeah. And it's a great arrangement. It's very good. It is very good. Well, it's so exciting. Well, Dr. John, thank you so much. Uh, episode one in the books. We're so grateful. We're so excited and uh, looking forward to episode two. We're going to be talking about what is exchange life? What is it that we are exchanging? And then what is the practical way of that changing our day-to-day life? So I'm excited about that. But before we go, uh, we are just so excited about what God is doing. But one of the things that we uh, are going to ask for you to do is, is two things. If, if you would go to our website, gracefellowshipinternational.com, we would love for you to sign up for our monthly newsletter, Glimpses of Grace. And uh, it just has a lot of great uh, articles and some other resources because one of the things that's not just counseling or coaching, but we really want to equip you uh, 
with all the resources that you need uh, to, to learn more about what we do and how that can benefit you. Talk a little bit about the Glimpses of Grace. So Glimpses of Grace is a e-letter that is sent uh, to several thousand, and we uh, give that monthly update about um, devotional insights, perhaps a video, different uh, uh, spotlights on our bookstore as we uh, highlight uh, new books that we're publishing. Sometimes there are videos or audio material that we're making available. Um, we also have um, gracestudyhall.org, which is our 16 free courses that people can have. Yep. So um, Glimpses of Grace is that monthly communique that um, we love to send to folks and let them know more about what Grace Fellowship can offer and how we might be able to help equip them. Yeah, so if you guys will go to the website, sign up for that. Uh, e-letter, that'll be great. But also, uh, one last thing, if you guys would go to social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and follow us on social media. That's just a, another great way that we're able to share resources with you and communicate with you. So sign up for the newsletter, sign up and uh, follow us online. It's going to be great. We're so excited. I believe there's a contact page on our website, Mark. So the listeners to the podcast, wouldn't we like to hear from them in terms of any Feedback they have, questions, maybe they have something they'd like for us to address on one of our podcast themes. We'd love to hear from them. Yeah, that'll be great. Well, thank you so much, John. This has been great. Thank you, Mark. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Glimpses of Grace. We pray today guided you into a more complete and victorious identity in Christ. If you would like more information about Grace Fellowship International, please visit us online at www.gracefellowshipinternational.com. If you would like to contact us, please send us an email, hello at gracefellowshipinternational.com. We hope you have a great day.